Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. He's got the rage of a Gyarados. He's blue. He's Ray. Hi. <laughs> and I've got the spine-bending swagger of a Team Rocket member. I'm Red. I'm Andy. Hey! It's time for some Pokemon talk, ladies and gentlemen. It has been far too long since our last episode of Pokemon Generations, but here we are once again, and we have got so much Pokemon stuff to talk about that we are not going to review our normal two episodes of Pokemon Generations and instead only review one, and that would be episode four, The Lake of Rage. So much rage. Do you feel the rage? I do. All right. I mean, there was a red Gyarados there, so it's it's raged. So badass. So super badass. But before we talk about Gen 2, which is one of my favorite generations of Pokemon, let's talk about Gen 7 a little bit, shall we? Sure. Since last we were on here, Gen 7 officially debuted. We have the launch of Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. And uh, wow, there is a lot. To go with these games. And, I, and you and I have both beaten the game, correct? Yeah, uh, this is the first time we've ever like played the game simultaneously yeah. until completion. Yeah, so. it's, it's usually that usually does not work out that way. Like, either you or I j- kind of jump the gun. Um, but we were pretty even neck and neck the entire way playing through the game. And we've done a lot more Pokemon battles than we normally have in the past, too. I That's think, very true. I think we're, uh, we're trying to one-up each other, and I've lost... A lot lately. Let's talk about a little I don't bit about know. you. You won the last one pretty good. That so. is that is true. I guess I did like kind of come back at the very end of that last game. I wish we, I think I did save that video. Actually, I don't think I can get that on the internet somehow. I don't think I can. Uh, I, I saved that really good video. Oh the one my where god! I kicked your ass. If you if the fans out there know <laughs> any way to take the videos somehow from your system and put it on your computer, let me know. It's called a smartphone. You just record. Well, you could put your you could put your phone over. I suppose that's one way yeah, to do that's it. That's the easy way. That's, that's the easy the way. That way, that yeah. is a cheap man's way. That is true. Maybe maybe we'll do that. We can show you our awesome battles. Pokemon Sun and Moon. It is the seventh generation of Pokemon. It is a really, really, in my opinion, well put together game and uh, or games, I should say. What are your initial just kind of general thoughts about the games? Where does it stack up compared to the other Pokemon games that you've played? They've really simplified a lot of things. I, I just love the menus. Mm-hmm. They're so much easier to navigate. Um, you don't have all this uh, extra clicking. I mean, there are a little bit extra things here and there, but I can't really complain with what I see. Especially when you compare it to Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, where you had all the capabilities of X and Y, but it was like crammed in a really weird menu system because you had to include the stuff from you know Gen 3 originally. You know, like the news reporter talking and all those things that really, I don't think, added a whole lot to the game at all. Yeah, I agree. It really mashed up X and Y menus, Mm -hmm. and then they just kind of overlaid that, or maybe it was more underneath it all. Yeah, kind of. It was kind of in a weird hidden place on the menu, on the menu screen on the Mm -hmm. bottom of the two screens. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, the simplification of the navigation. And I have to say, like, right before this Sun and Moon came out, I just powered through my version of uh, Alpha Sapphire to complete the story. Because I wanted to, you know, catch the legendaries. There's quite tons and tons of legendaries. I still didn't get, like, some of them on there, but I got the the big majority of -hmm. of the good ones. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I, I have to say it's a really overall polished game. They simplified a lot of things, especially like the ride pagers. Yeah, I want to talk about the ride pagers real quick. But you know, like we had in all the other generations, the idea of the HM, right? Uh, the move that cannot be erased from your Pokemon, but it needs to be there because it serves some sort of purpose on the map or navigating the world. Fly, uh, strength, cut, all these moves that you had to have that you, when you, you know, if you were a novice and you put it on one of your better Pokemon, you were then kind of screwed. You'd have to, you, it was tough to like get rid of those. Not with the move deleter. Could um, you move HM, remove HMs with the move deleter? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, maybe that was in the later games. I know in the earlier games you couldn't at all. Uh, I'm not sure when that functionality became a thing. I mean, we'd have to research that, but. Yeah, I guess um, maybe yeah, I was just assuming. Uh, that's how I've gotten rid of a lot of uh, HM moves that I don't want. You have to pay a heart scale for them. Yeah, see, um, like that. Uh, see, I don't like that idea. I I would rather. That's why I like, like you said, I like the idea of the pager system and uh, the fact that now you just have Pokemon that you page literally, and they come to you, and you can be carried around by a Machamp, or you can ride on a freaking Charizard, or uh, you know, you've got a Sharpedo or a Lapras that you can swim around on, and each one does the effect that you would get from the other games but doesn't waste a move in your inventory. So, like, you, you don't want to... If you're running around the game, but you know you need cut, you're wasting a move slot with that kind of weaker, normal physical attack. I think it enhances your team better, too, because then you're not stuck with a Pokemon that you have to have those HM moves Absolutely. to use. It totally obliterates the need of that, which makes your team even better, I think. You, you can hone it in and make it what you want without having to be stuck in that that mode of the HMs. Yeah, I remember I would always try to find the Pokemon that could have as many HMs as possible, so that way I'd at least have five or four really good Pokemon on my team. I think Linoon was a good one that could like take a lot of oh, yeah, different yeah, HMs. I, I think you're right. He became kind of like the uh, HM whore Pokemon, uh, <laughs> kind of in a way. Uh, so, so really, overall, another thing I want to kind of talk about is the general layout of the game, you know, before it was one big continent, you might have a couple of little places, hidden places you get to, but in this case, you've got four major islands, and it's really kind of neat, and it, it kind of goes along with, in a lot of the way that I look at it, it almost feels kind of like the Hawaiian islands, in a way, and you're kind of like going in between these different sort of places that are all very similar, but each of them have their own differences in their feel as well. I have to say, I mean... It it's not kind of like, I mean, it's a complete, hey, this is a Hawaiian theme. Right. I mean, even with the name Alola, you know, <laughs> Aloha. Yeah, I know. They go around it, saying Alola complete, to people. It's a complete play off of all yeah, that. So, yeah, that is true. Um, it is really awesome that they did that, and they really incorporate a, some of the culture in there. I understand they ha they can't put too much in, but I feel like they could have gotten mm -hmm. away with a, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, as far as like... The professor running around with his shirt off the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love in the game, like, there are characters that make reference to that. They're like, why are you not wearing a shirt? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. No, and we're I, not going to give any spoilers away. No, so. we won't give any spoilers away. But there are things like, uh, for example, the Alolan version of some of the original starters from Gen 1. Like, for example, there's the Marowak who does, like, the fire, like, the fire dancing, uh, thing. Like, the traditional fire, like, the, with the stick and the, the flame on both sides. Basically a rip-off of that for the culture. And kind of, maybe, maybe less a rip-off and more of an homage. 
And with the island, we have the doing away of the badges in exchange for the island challenges. What are your thoughts on the island challenges rather than the badge system that we've seen in all six games leading up to this? I think the way that they've revamped the uh, badges into island challenges is definitely a fresh upgrade on this whole new system here. I think it provides a lot better interaction with Mm -hmm. the player into the game as compared to, oh, I'm going to walk into a gym, fight a bunch of trainers, Mm -hmm. and have these cool little effects happen, and that's about it. And every once in a while, a puzzle, depending upon the game. Like like the infamous horrible lieutenant surge puzzle do you remember that one where you had to walk yeah. in and it was just a room full of like dust bins or like little garbage bins and you had to go around and like randomly pick two in the correct order And if you didn't you couldn't go on until you found the two in the exact right order and it was a pain in the butt it's so different and i really at first was kind of like eh but then once i started seeing the work they put into these different challenges and making it more than just having to fight trainers I was really hooked. I feel like they could have brushed up a little bit more on certain things, such as Mega Evolution. I know, like, you weren't a big fan of it, but I I am. Mm -hmm. I know you can purchase some Mega Evolution stones in there. Not all of them, but you can get some of them, yep. And I really felt like that was an awesome aspect from X and Y and Alpha Sapphire, Omega Ruby. And I feel like they should have kind of kept going with it. I do love the Z moves. I think it's they're so awesome. They're not they're not overused like you can do with Mega Evolutions. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still just use one Z move per Pokemon per battle. Kind of the same way with the Mega Evolutions. You can only Mega Evolution once per battle, but that evolution stays out there the entire battle unless it it's KO'd. Yeah, and you know I I will disagree with you. I mean, I do not really particularly care for Mega Evolutions, even though I'm using a Mega Evolution right now with my Alakazam more than I think I've ever used any Mega Evolution in the last game. But I I absolutely think that the Z moves is one of the coolest thing they they've ever really added to the Pokemon games. I think it's extremely strategic. I think that, you know, you really have to think through, is it really worth using, not just for, like, one Pokemon, but, like, if you have more than one Z-move attached with the Z-Crystals, you have to decide, do I use it with this Pokemon or a different one? And I think it adds a whole extra level. Other things that I want to talk about really quick before we move on, uh, Team Skull is our brand new team. And uh, I think you and I can agree on this, however, Mm -hmm. that Team Skull is awful. Yes. I like the whole, um, we got skulls on our heads, and I love the graphics that they use to introduce them. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like the whole gangbanger... Waving their arms arms. ecstatically every time they talk. Yeah. It's a a little, I don't know, a little racist or something. I kind of felt that way at, at first, too. And after a while, it seemed Hokey. Yeah, very hokey. Because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you have to have some of that comedic relief, mm-hmm. but when it's your kind of like your villains, I don't really think you can do that too much. Yeah, I mean, you saw it a lot in the Pokemon anime with Team Rocket, very much a comic sort of group, very different from the video games, but... You know, I, man, I thought I wasn't going to ever find anyone that was worse than Team Flare. And, like, this is just, it's just awful. I hate, I hate Team Skull. I I have to say, Team Skull, I mean, with them rocking out the skulls and stuff, I felt like they could have been more, they should have thrown some punk rock. Yeah. Or or, um, different versions. Absolutely. You know, that way you're not stereotyping one 
facet of a culture. Absolutely. And then that way you're you're appealing to more people and I agree. And I felt like they felt like very clone copies. Yeah. And I know that's that kinda happens even in Team Rocket. Yeah, that was just my main point about No, that I, I, absolutely. <laughs> and then we've got the addition of the Pokemon Pelago and the Refresh and the uh, Festival Plaza. Um, <laughs> well, um, let's start with Festival Plaza because I feel like you have a little uh, I think, resentment. I think Festival Plaza is one of the worst things in this entire game. I think that it's a wasted opportunity. It's confusing. It's... It's, it seems unnecessary. The different games that you can get, you know, you're supposed to be able to swap them out. I haven't figured out how to do that. Like, every time I go back, the one guy that you talked to originally, he's not there anymore. So I have no idea what he's doing. Sophocles? Yeah, Sophocles. He's actually, oh, I'm not gonna spoil it. Oh yeah, don't, don't, um, don't spoil it, but like, he's somewhere else? He just shows up when your Festival Plaza upgrades. Yeah. So, I, I don't hate Festival Plaza. I, I have to agree with Red that. <laughs> It is very confusing at first. Yeah, extremely. Um, but after a while, you kind of get used to it. Um, what I don't like about it is you run around in a circle asking people questions or fulfilling questions. And um, and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really amount to much. Nope. Like, And then you can also do missions. Um, I did the first global mission that was available with catching Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And they, to me, honestly, I think they had an unrealistic goal of what, 11, 10 million? 10 million or million. something like that, yeah. Um, and I think they only... Like, like a they third of it or something like that. One million. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of enjoyed adding my Pokemon to that count. And the, there's cur- one currently going on right now, too. I can't remember what it is. I'll have to check that out. But I have to say, I do like the a little bit tidbits in the Festival Plaza. You can get items. You can change out your booths and stuff. Yes, it's very difficult. But I kind of get lost in it. It's like, well, what is really the, what's what the, is point? Really the point? Yeah. Um, speaking of, of what's the point... Uh, you've got Pokemon Refresh, which has more point, and it, but at first I was I was not a fan of Pokemon Refresh. You constantly in the middle of battle be like, "Hey, come blow dry your Pokemon," or "Hey, brush <laughs> some sand off your Pokemon," and it just it just got ridiculously annoying. However, once you finally got your Pokemon to that level of love, it actually is an interesting system that in some ways kind of breaks the game. Not really, because this has already been done before. And well, uh, Pokemon and me. Yeah. So they they've I, what I think I think they've they did excellent by merging Pokemon Refresh into the whole battle system. Yeah. Um. It just makes sense to do that. Yeah, Instead but like of having to load a whole nother screen and right. And it, it is. It, I'm not going to say it isn't a lifesaver in the game when like I'm fighting the Elite Four, or some other really super high level Pokemon trainer. And I'm like, oh my god, they're going to blow through my party. But then, like, one of my high-level, loved-level Pokemon is, like, still has one HP at the end of the battle. Yeah. Or getting hit with a huge attack. It's like, they held on for you. And I'm like, oh, my heart, it just got, like, all warm and feely. Um, and I didn't die, thank god. But, I, yeah. I, I think it appeals to the whole point of people who... Yeah, it, it's kind of like that whole, oh, I want to take care of my Pokemon. Because to them, it's like a pet. Yeah. Or... Kind of like the Tamagotchi type thing. Yeah. But um, it also applies to the trainers. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to feel like, oh, okay, I trained my Pokemon. I'm training their physical 
yep. and and emotional absolutely um, needs. Yeah, that's so true. So it, it makes you feel more interacted with your Pokemon team. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it gives you the benefit of you know wiping away statuses, mm-hmm. um, which is nice, and it of, saved me a lot of money on status items. Definitely. And on top of that, Pokemon Refresh helps to get rid of those, too, after your battle. That's true. Um, and I i don't even know how many attacks I've avoided with all my Pokemon. I think that's the largest trigger that I ever get. Yeah. And then finally, Pokemon Pelago. I like Pokemon Pelago. I think it's a cool way to take stuff like the berry farm. Instead of having to travel and, to yes. and, you know, and, and go somewhere to plant <laughs> berries, you've got a menu for it now. Uh, it simplifies it. You've got this, uh, you know, the whole idea of the, the the beans that you collect. You just shake this giant random beanstalk that I don't <laughs> even know where that came from and collect the beans there, which is really cool. And Pokemon that you don't even have to catch show up sometimes. And if you treat them nicely there, they may actually join your party. Mm-hmm. Which I think that is really cool. Yep, I thought that was pretty neat too. And I think they put some of the hyper training into the Poke Pelego. I haven't really messed with that yet, but I did. I haven't upgrade. done that yet either, yeah. I upgraded my island just to add it on mm-hmm. there, but I haven't really messed with it at all. Um, I have to say, you can find shards and crystals and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And overall, it's, I. I I can't specify enough how awesome they did a job at this. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, I definitely love the clothing selection. They really pulled into X and Y to bring that in. And I have to say, like, I've been just collecting tons of money using an amulet coin. And then um, the Snorlax, the event Snorlax that came out, has a move called Happy Hour. So I just use both of those, and I get quadruple my money. (laughs) So... Oh my god, I really need to start that tactic. Uh, it might be too late at this point. But yeah, no, I love, I love the, I love the customization from X and Y. X and Y is in my top three of the Pokemon games. And I was so happy they brought that element back because when I was playing, that's one of the things I didn't like about Ruby and Sapphire, uh, the remakes. It was, there wasn't a lot of customization at all. No, you could put on, like, a skin on your character, yeah. basically. and it was, yeah. Oh, who are you? I'm a ninja. Okay, <laughs> I stayed a ninja the whole time. Yeah, I, I didn't even know how to add the skin. I just knew that, like, people randomly <laughs> had skins. Uh, anyway. Everyone should have skin. Everyone should have skin. And I just want to add mo- one more thing. Yeah. I'm sure everyone knows about the whole Zygarde and collecting the cells. Yeah, that was I just really cool. love that aspect of the game. Because it is neat. you really dig in, and you're like, oh, oh, there's one right there, you know? Yeah, it does. I do get really excited when I find a Zygarde uh, cell. Absolutely. So, uh, Red, what's on your Pokemon Sun team? All right, so here's the team that I'm currently rocking. Um, I had a couple Pokemon that I traded out just recently. So here is my current team. I've got uh, Crabominable, which I think is probably my favorite Pokemon of the new Pokemon in uh, in this particular game, Sun and Moon. I love the fact that when you first get him, he's hiding in berries, and then he (laughs) basically looks like a boxer who's gotten the the crap kicked out of him, but he's also a crab. But then when he evolves, which is a pain in the butt to do, and I won't spoil it, he then becomes like this giant crab polar bear? Freaking awesome. And I have to say, like, the first version of him he he looks like rocky balboa yeah i all beat up i named mine balboa it's pretty fantastic (laughs) uh i'm also using an alakazam which is my first time ever in any pokemon game ever using an alakazam uh and mega evolution for some reason yes well it's because i was given the mega evolution stone and it's been badass usually when i do psychic uh i usually go with hypno 
And this time I decided, screw it, I'm going to try Alakazam because I was actually able to catch an Abra super early in the game, and I've used it ever since. Uh, I've still got Toucanon, which is one that is Pick-A-Peck from the very beginning, uh, mm-hmm. his first evolution. Yep. And I've just kept it just because I haven't had a good flying Pokemon. I switched out my Alolan Persian, which I love to death but was just not cutting it in battles, for Tapu Koko, which is one of the uh, rare Pokemon that you collect. The Guardian. The, the Guardians. Uh, I've got Desidui, which is the one that I chose at the beginning. I love Rowlet. I love the little owl plant Pokemon. And then uh, through some trading, I got a uh, Primarina, which is the water starter. Uh, so I love my team. I think I think my team is fantastically adorable. All right, Blue, what is your team? In my moon team, I have, as I said before, the event Snorlax. I have uh, Machamp. The mm-hmm. Alola Golem. And so, talk, talk about the Alola Golem a little bit. What's What makes him different? So the Alola Golem is a rock electric type, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a great combination. Yeah, it's a um, unique one. You don't really see that. I don't think you've ever seen that, honestly. I can't think of another rock electric type. It looks like what, a Russian Cossack dancer. Oh, with yeah. With its beard. And, yeah. yeah. And it has like a little um, black hat on it, too. That so is, it it, it really does look pretty cool. The next one in my team is Serena, a grass type Pokemon. Then I have two cannon, like you, I, I trained up a Pick-A-Peck uh, from the start. And then for my starter, I picked uh, Litten, mm-hmm. and, uh, who has now evolved into Incineroar. That's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, Incineroar, so like basically between the two of us, we have all the starters in our team. Uh, Incineroar has his Z-move, his special Z-move. Is so WWE fantastic. It, yeah, is, it is. It is pretty amazing. Even though you pointed out that uh, it's called Malicious Moonsault is the Z move. Yep. And even though you pointed out that it's a moonsault, but it's a forward flip moonsault. It's, it's, it's not a moonsault. It's a 450 splash is yeah. what it is. Uh, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a front, it's a front flip uh, 450 uh, and not a moonsault at all. I'm on to you, Pokemon Generations. <laughs> you need to get your shit together. Maybe it's copyrighted or something. Yeah, I doubt that. Uh, so yeah, that is Pokemon Sun and Moon. And before we finish talking about Sun and Moon, I want to talk about Pokemon Bank. Because Pokemon yeah. Bank is getting a major update this month, if we release this in January. In January, uh, which we probably will. Uh, so coming in January, Pokemon Bank will now have a new update, which will allow, finally, the transfer of Pokemon to Sun and Moon. Uh, and this is transferring from X and Y. This is transferring from uh, Ruby and Sapphire. This is using the transporter to pull in stuff from Pokemon White and Black and White and Black 2. And, for the first time, we're going to have transport abilities from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow from the uh, download versions when they re-release those uh, earlier this year. So, a lot of different options to bring Pokemon to your Sun and Moon game. Are you excited for this? I am. Um, I thought it interesting. I was wondering how they would do it and if it would would be backwards compatible with um, moving Pokemon. Unfortunately, during that YouTube video that we just watched tonight, they said that it's most likely not going to happen. So any yeah. Pokemon that you move to gener- Generation 7 mm-hmm. is not going to be able to be moved back to... Uh, Gen 6 or Gen... Yeah, six or specifically, below. yeah, any of those, so... Yeah, and I, you know, I, I get it. I totally understand why they've changed the game so much. They don't want to pull in certain aspects from the old games that might potentially break 
the new game in some way or maybe maybe they're worried about balance issues. I know that Pokemon competitions and the tournaments are a big deal right now. They're trying to push that idea. So maybe maybe there's worried about the balance, which you know, I'm not so worried about bringing over the items. Um it would but, be nice, but but I, the tournaments are only in the current versions though. So you're going to be moving like if you have a ton of hack pokemon, you're moving all those pokemon to generation 7 anyways. Well, so I mean that, if, that unless that it, out of, unless it out catches of it because true. Cuz there were certain times when certain pokemon were brought over from a game that I bought when I bought uh Oh yeah. Yeah, when I when I bought silver and paid a lot of money, I I turned it on, it was a used copy and there were a bunch of pokemon and I couldn't transfer any over. Because they were all hacked Pokemon. So I'm, I'm wondering if they'll try to crack down and, and code in more ways to kind of catch hacked Pokemon, perhaps. Possibly. Yeah. I, I am happy for it, though. And I've already just renewed my subscription to it. So There we go. So we're going to be transferring some crazy stuff like fools. I'm probably going to be using the bank. I never actually use the bank itself. I just use it to transfer. I may actually start sorting some Pokemon into the bank. I hope you can still get, like, uh, the battle points and stuff, because I was banking on those oh, yeah. X and Y and Auras, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then, finally, one last little bit of Pokemon video game news before we get to our review of The Lake of Rage. A classic game is coming back, and I could care less. Are you excited about it? I am, actually. Okay, then you can talk about it. Like I said before in a previous episode, uh, I remember playing Pokemon Snap on the N64. Yep. I can't remember a lot from that because I was a teenager. Well, now you can relive it. I could relive it and uh, snap me some Pokemon. That was another thing. Um, it, there was a Pokefinder in yes. Sun and Moon. So and basically, that kind of reminded me of Pokemon Snap. Yeah, and I don't like the Pokefinder in Pokemon Sun and Moon either. I think it's kind of pointless, but that's just me. So yeah, you've got Pokemon Snap coming to the... Nintendo Wii U Virtual Console. I think it's already out. And it's already out, so go check that out. If you had some fond memories of Pokemon Snap growing up, you can move your camera around and take pictures of Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah. And and then do that again and then again and then again. Yeah, because it was posted about six or seven hours ago, and I favorited it on... Twitter. So. There you go. Maybe we'll post something on our uh, our Twitter and Facebook page so that way you can go and get your copy of Pokemon Snap. You're just jealous because you can't take good photos of Pokemon. I can't. I'm awful at it. I'm shit. Uh, but you know what's not shit? There's a segue. What's not shit? <laughs> Pokemon Generations isn't shit. I love Pokemon Generations. And I do too. We're going to talk about Pokemon Generations episode 4 today. The Lake of Rage. And Guess <laughs> guess what? Guess what? What? We're finally heading to Gen 2. And oh, Gen 2 is our Pokemon Silver and Gold. And I gotta tell you, I am so excited to talk about this episode and all the ones from this generation. Because without a doubt, Generation 2 has always been one of my absolute favorite Pokemon series of games. I have to say, I think, I'm, I can't remember when those games came out, but I might have been in the military at that point. So. You might, well, maybe, uh, I don't know, because Pokemon Blue and, and everything came out when we were in high school, maybe like early high school or late middle school. Was it a game that you played? 
I've actually never played gold or silver or crystal or soul silver or heart gold. You need to get on that, get to play in that, although it'd be really difficult to find because they're, they're tough to find those games and they're expensive. That's actually one games. of my points. I was like, th- I kind of want to go back and play some of those so I can experience that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I know I said in a previous episode that um, I started coming back to Pokemon mm-hmm. with Pokemon Pearl. Right. Let's get into this review, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So we open outside of a shop. And not just any shop, a souvenir shop. You couldn't tell it by looking at it. No, I couldn't. It, it was some... like a dongo shop. I, I don't know. There <laughs> were like weird inside. blobs and stuff on a, on a table <laughs> randomly. Maybe it was a blob shop. Uh, yeah, it was weird. But we're, we, we pan into this. Or maybe they sell... Um... <laughs> The sluggo poop. Ew, God, gross, <laughs> disgusting. Uh, is that an item you can collect in the game? There is an event. There is an event in Pokemon, Pokemon Sun and Moon, Moon where you have to pick up poop. Yeah. And it is the weirdest thing. And you feed it to a And you feed it grimer. to a Grimer, which is even weirder. <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was something. Uh, so we, we open up to outside of this shop, and we pan down to see, of all people, Lance from the Elite Four. And he's just walking like a badass with his Dragonite just following him outside of his Pokeball. Of course, the same Dragonite from the previous uh, episode. Yes, the one where we saw the Battle of the Elite Four with Blue and Red. You know, we saw Blue defeating the Elite Four and then Red going to challenge him at the very end of the episode. So yeah, it is Lance. Now, I don't know if you knew this about Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver. The events of Pokemon and Gold and Silver happen several years after the events of Pokemon Red and Blue. So... What's interesting is, and one of the things I love about Pokemon Gold and Silver, is that while you then play you know, a whole different character, you're not playing Red, you're not playing Blue, you're playing your whole new character, you go through an entire game's worth that you got in Red and Blue, and then once you finish you have to go back to Kanto, and you get to relive and see how Kanto has changed from years before when Red and Blue went through and had their adventure. So I absolutely love the fact that... That sounds like a neat story plot. I would it definitely is like to play really, it. it is really, really cool. So yeah, Lance is around and he's just marching around like a badass. Uh, apparently... <laughs> I don't know to... about marching around. I'd say he, he looks kind of frantic and... He really like... needs a poke doll. Like he's running to the souvenir <laughs> shop. Like he's got to get the last one. It's Christmas time. He's got to pick it up even though it's not snowing. No. He walks on in, and uh, Dragonite punches the shit out of a wooden door or wall or something with a fire punch, and it breaks open, and there's a metal chute. Yeah, I was kind of weirded out at first. I was like, why is there a chute behind this wall? And then, you know, it it looked like he Dragonite busted through a door, so I just assumed, oh, okay, it's a secret door with a chute behind it. Yeah, and this secret door leads down, as we're going to find out in a minute, into a hidden Team Rocket underground secret location and headquarters which is taken right from all this is exactly taken from pokemon gold and pokemon silver which by the way in that lance does actually work with the player character to foil this team rocket plot so they slide down this large metal (laughs) chute and they go for a long ways leading to a long metal corridor at this point we get a flashback of lance's dragonite fighting with a red Gyarados. Shiny, say what? Yeah, shiny, shiny. Uh, this is before the term shiny even was actually used. And it was the first time that we saw a Pokemon canonically a different color than the normal Pokemon. And in this case, Gyarados, which evolves from Magikarp, Gyarados becomes is, is this giant blue dragon water 
creature. But in Pokemon Gold and Silver, there's this place called the Lake of Rage, which we see here in this flashback, where the Gyarados is red. And I guess maybe red because we think red is the color of anger and rage. Uh, and yeah. it is pissed off in the game. It is pissed off here, too, as the Dragonite <laughs> is actually having trouble taking it on. Lance then says that the Gyarados wasn't acting normally. Well, no shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what gave you that idea? <laughs> I, not mentioning its color, by the way, I want to mention. Like, like wow, that's... Against no, Gyarados? No, no, I'm just saying. Like, Gyarodai? Like, if, if I lived in that world and I never saw... If all the Pokemon looked exactly the same and I saw, like, all of a sudden a Gyarados was red, I'd be like, that's odd. This is kind of strange. <laughs> Like so, you would just say that's odd, and or would you be like, I'm not going near that thing. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go th- near the freaking lake with like this crazy raging Gyarados. Absolutely not. Especially not... when the lake is called Lake of Rage. Yeah, I'm going to stay <laughs> far away. Um, he also mentions that it was apparently forced to evolve due to a mysterious amount of radio waves, which he is now trying to find the source. Which again is taken right from the game. As they run, they pass by a Persian statue, which again is in the game. Uh, which I love. I love the little attention to detail, the small things. And this Persian statue is badass. Yeah, that's uh, good. The eyes are glowing. Um, but that Persian statue is really a hidden camera for Team Rocket. It's not glowing. Oh, it's the gem. That's right. It's the gem that glowed. Okay. <laughs> we, we see a picture of the Team Rocket uh, underground, and they are just kind of chilling, doing nothing. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they freak out like, holy crap, there's Lance from the Elite Four. Holy crap, there's someone else. Not to mention, I mean, they didn't even hear the explosion from the Dragonite, like, busting through their yeah, door. at on. all. At all. <laughs> but I guess that plays into the whole uh, Team Rocket comic relief. Right. And the and the person who's traveling, at first I thought it was Red, but I'm starting to wonder if it was actually the protagonist, the main character from Gold and Silver, because this is the story of that character going through in these particular games. So I guess it would make more sense there. I've never played it, so I'm not sure. And and to to add to that, it makes it actually I think it is because now that I think about it, they're communicating with their wrist communicator, which is that cell phone system oh. that we get in gold and silver. In gold and silver, when you met certain trainers, every once in a while they would ask you to register their their number, and you could they would call you at random times in the game to be like, "Hey, how's it going?" Wasn't that kind of in Pokemon Pearl too? I think there was something or, like that in Pearl as or well. Black and white. I think I it might have been Pearl. I think there was something similar in Pearl. Like they kept that when they went to yeah. that generation. So we we hit the next scene where the members of Team Rocket finally, after they freaked out about <laughs> the the people entering their secret hideout, um, they just casually sway and I I think it's a gang walk. There's into a few a walkway. There's a few people who who their spines are at a ninety degree angle to the like the right. Like I don't know what's going on in this about, scene. I don't know about ninety. I'd say forty five degree. Okay, that doesn't make it any better. It's no. like their spines are like they should probably go see a doctor. Yeah. Uh, and they send out a crazy amount of Pokemon. Uh, which you know what? If I were faced with Lance of the Elite Four and a giant Dragonite, I'd probably do that too. I wouldn't yeah. be like, this is a one-on-one battle. I'd say, we're going to throw every Pokemon <laughs> we have at you. Here's my whole team. <laughs> yeah. Go! <laughs> Essentially, we do. We get a Grimer, a Magnemite, uh, a Raticate, a Golbat, and, really cool, a Houndoom, which is our first glimpse at a second-gen Pokemon so far, if you don't count the shiny Gyarados, which is... Gyarados is a Gen 1 Pokemon. And I like how the Houndoom just kind of growls. It's like... like, (laughs) Yeah, the Houndoom is just like, I'm ready to go. And then we get a scene where all of their Pokemon rush in and shoot. 
energy beams. It's kind of lame, actually, the scene. Like, they're just shooting, like, multicolored light. Yeah, they're just different colored based off of probably some type of attack that they were trying to do. I guess. And I like how Dragonite is just... (laughs) He just takes one hand and is like... Yeah. And all the beams go away. Yeah, he roars, he swings his arm, he throws a (laughs) flamethrower, and then uses Dragon Tail... I want to call bullshit on this. How many moves does this Dragonite have? You're supposed to only have four moves. To be fair, he did get blasted by a bunch of beams, so maybe they're all happening at one time in this video, but all in different sequences, like in a, in the game. Maybe I don't know, but he, he has <laughs> way. This Dragonite has way too many moves. So they, they he they, just kind of casually strolls up and glares at them too with his side eye, and I'm like. Like, what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he makes very short work of these Pokemon. And then they find a hidden science facility, uh, which houses an electric generator run by what looks like about a dozen electrodes. Yeah, and it looked like a, it had like a turbine on it. Yeah. Very, it, it looked just like in the game because we did look Yeah, that, we looked that up that picture up. of the game. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what it looked like. And here we have apparently the cause of those radio waves that's causing the Gyarados to freak out. But stopping this is not as easy as just breaking down the wall. Well, okay, it is, but there's a, there, there's, <laughs> a, there's a minor uh, hindrance in the way. And that minor hindrance is Petrol, who is actually one of the four Team Rocket executives from Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver. Uh, his hair, though, was pretty His hair awesome. is crazy. It's like this... It's kind of short on the sides, but then it's got this giant purple, purple poof. poof at the top. <laughs> it's in- Slick back poof. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So he comes sauntering out like, hey, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to fight me. <laughs> and then he throws out a wheezing, with, and it, which spits out and spews poison gas. <laughs> I love how Lance just pulls up his cape and is just like breathing through his cape. He's like, oh, Dragonite, Dragonite. take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> and Dragonite... Blast the fuck out of him with a thunderbolt. Yeah. Another move. And the wheezing just like, ugh. I love, too, that he blasts Petrol. <laughs> like, Petrol is, like, getting shocked by the move as well. He's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> That's a classic, like, the Pikachu shock. Yeah. Know, shocking everybody. Shocking Team Rocketer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Lance lets uh, our friend, our protagonist, which I can't remember his name. It might be Gold, honestly, from like kind of carrying on that whole idea of red and blue from this these particular games. Know that everything is under control, and then Dragonite proceeds just to bust shit up. Like he breaks open shit and then breaks down the glass wall. Yeah, at first you don't expect it to happen, yeah. but he just like. Slams his foot down on this uh, control panel. Rips it yeah. up. Throws it against a wall. <laughs> and then uh, breaks through the glass. And I think I think the funny part is, that doesn't shut off the generator. generator. It's when he punches through the glass. <laughs> That's when the power, they show Makes the power cutting off. Makes zero sense. So I'm like, is that a correlation? Is that why? Zero. <laughs> zero sense. Uh, the electrodes all are freed. And Lance is like, be free, float off into the world. <laughs> yeah. And they do, they, they float away, but not before giving Petrol one final massive shock, all of them at the same time. Yeah, that was pretty neat. They all floated back into the control room, and then one was like upside down, giving <laughs> him a, the mean look face, and, and then the rest of them just went. <laughs> was I the only one that thought that maybe they were going to self-destruct? <laughs> I mean, what worse could they be put through? <laughs> I guess, right? Uh, we cut- they can be rehealed. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We cut back. How does that happen? If you have an electrode and you, ca- oh. you have to cause it to self-destruct, 
and you go back to a Pokemon Center, what's left of it to like bring it back to life? I think you have to take all the pieces back. That's a lot of work. Yeah. That's a lot. I hope the Pokeball, you can suck them back in. Like a Hoover? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's my Hoover ball. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be a different type of Pokeball. Oh, my God. So Where we went from suck to blow. To blow. <laughs> oh, we cut back to the Lake of Rage. The Red Gyarados lets out a massive roar, kind of looks back at Lance, and then swims away as Lance watches... I don't think he looks back. Does he? No. I think uh, he just roars into the yeah, sunset. Yeah, either way. I Maybe I imagined it in my head because I thought that would yeah. be really like kind of an adorable <laughs> scene. Uh, Lance then watches and leaves. He's still a pissed off Gyarados. Though. That's that true. won't change. Yeah, that won't. That, that will never. You can't change his nature. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then Lance leaves and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so thoughts. What do you think of this particular episode compared to the other episodes we've seen so far? Um, I have to say I do like the fact that they pulled from Gen 2. Yep. And uh, created this whole episode based off of a really specific plot and an awesome, I'd have to say, awesome plot point. It's one of the things that, re- like, when I really think back to Gold and Silver, this is one of the moments that really stands out in my mind. Oh, and I have to say one thing about Dragonite when he's fighting all those Pokemon mm-hmm. in uh, the Team Rocket Pokemon in that little hallway there. Yeah. Um, he, he just roasts them all with a fire thing. and. I immediately thought, I wonder how a roast radicate tastes. I, <laughs> that's a good question. Oh my god. I've never had fried rat, but I feel like it probably wouldn't be very good. Um, but I digress. I have to say, um, the moral of the story after watching that end scene mm-hmm. is that they were really saying humans affect the world and everything that's in it. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful with what we do and don't abuse it. Respect nature and take care of the planet. Sailor Moon says, uh, no, sorry, uh, <laughs> wrong show. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with you. I like that theme. I like that overall kind of arching message. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Overall, I like this a lot. I like the Gen 2 games. I think they did a really good job of the small details. Uh, you know, things like pulling in the executive character, mm-hmm. um, you know, pulling in the idea of, you know, Lance being there as part of this. And tying that back in with episode three, where we just saw Lance. It's a continuation. It's kind of like when, in episode two, when they pull in Looker. You know, it's just kind of like blending of all the games and making it feel like one giant continuous world. Really cool. I love that a lot. So, compared to the other episodes, I think it's just as good, if not better, than some of the other episodes. It's a lot of fun. Just to see a Dragonite tear shit up. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> it's an absolute blast. Absolute blast. Uh, Alright, so that is our review of Pokemon Generations Episode 4, The Lake of Rage, and our discussion of Pokemon Sun and Moon. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed this. I uh, hope you guys check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese and help support us. We've got all kinds of bonus content. And uh, Ray and I were talking about potentially once we finish up this... Maybe doing for the Patreon some reviews of some Pokemon movies, which I think would be an absolute blast. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. Um, I don't think I've watched uh, different movies here and there. Yeah, I've not so seen I'd them really, all. I'd really like to just watch them all the way through in order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I want to hear the wisdom of Mewtwo, and because <laughs> you know, he's like the one. The, there's some like 
freaking philosopher level shit that he says in that first movie, which I went to go see in the theaters, by the way, so I can get the the actual specific Pokemon cards when I was playing the Pokemon card <laughs> game uh, that went along with it. You're not a geek. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I I want to teach you how to play the Pokemon card game and like videotape that. Or or my brother or, or uh, did, did he play he, that? He owned the card. Oh the my god. Thing until I have two decks. Of Pokemon cards, enough to play, and I want to teach you. I want to relearn, and maybe we could podcast that at some point. Us trying to play this game and just laughing at how ridiculous it is. Um, <laughs> maybe so, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. So the next time that we do a Pokemon Generations review, we're going to review episodes five and six. Episode five is titled "The Legacy." Episode six, "The Reawakening." And spoilers: I don't like these two as much as the other Pokemon Generations ones. Have you seen these yet? I don't think I've seen them yet. Yeah, I, I don't like them as much. I think they're still pretty good, but overall, not not as good as the, the first four. But we'll still have a good time talking about them, laughing, finding uh, all the, the good and the bad, and, and bringing that review. Once again, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their, well, two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. Uh, once again, I am Red. I am Andy. I am Blue. And I'm Ray. And we will see you next time. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Geek and Gamer Guild, the Slasher Sanitarium, Pwn Stars, and our brand new show, New Blood Rising.